like for a child, like you're, you're going back and forth between those things. You're sort of trying to play school and then you're trying to draw on what you know about the world. And that asks a lot of young people. So I think that really kind of gave me this appreciation for, um, for how, how complex this work is and how important it is to, for us not to sort of fall into patterns and make assumptions about what we think, what we think the story is about, um, because the same story may be about slightly different things for, for the different children. COE Connections, the SDSU College of Education Research and Scholarship podcast series. I'm your host, Rachel Haynes Schlegel. I'm the Associate Dean for Research for the College of Education and an Associate Professor of Child and Family Development here at San Diego State University, a Hispanic-serving institution on the land of the Kumeyaay. This is our third episode of the series, and I'm joined today by Dr. Nick Johnson. Nick is an Assistant Professor in the School of Teacher Education at SDSU. His work explores children's learning in preschool and elementary math classrooms. Nick was a former classroom teacher and instructional coach with the Los Angeles Unified School District and a county office coordinator for Orange County. In his current role, he partners with new and practicing teachers to learn about children's mathematical thinking and to reimagine learning and teaching math in school. Welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. Before we get started, I wanted to mention I'm in my office in Lambden Hall. Where are you today? Thanks, Rachel. Um, I'm I am also in my office in Lambden Hall. In Lambden Hall. How cool. Um, okay. So I have a few questions prepared to ask you, and let's see how this goes. Um, my first question is: why do you study what you do? Yeah, so um you mentioned in in your intro that um, I'm a former former classroom teacher, and then I was an instructional coach. I had some out of the classroom jobs as a, a coach and a county office coordinator. And in those roles, um, I got to visit lots and lots and lots of different classrooms. Um, and I was I was ostensibly trying to understand what was happening in math. And pretty much things are were are really similar classroom to classroom. And then. I visited classrooms that were um, doing some things really differently with problem solving and mathematics and some of the work that um, is known by by the name CGI, Cognitively Guided Instruction. And it felt completely different. Uh, and I got really interested in, well, what is what is this that's that's happening that that feels so different and feels so so fascinating? After diving into that work uh, and sort of learning about uh, what was happening in those classrooms and how they focused on how kids think about math, I just find it endlessly fascinating. Kids, kids' ideas about math are just, it, there's always something new. Um, I'm always learning from them and learning from the teachers in the classrooms that I get to visit. And so it's endlessly fun and, and fascinating to, to get to try to understand um, kids' math ideas and how teachers take those up in classrooms. And uh, that's great. And and you're talking about how you're constantly learning from the kids about math. And that's almost sort of 
the opposite of what might be, you know, sort of assumed in popular culture is that that math is exists and it's a set of rules and it's taught to children sort of unidirectionally. And yeah. it, it sounds like your your passion is really in in cultivating the sort of bottom up of kids thinking about math. Yeah, for sure. So right, there's there's been decades of work that have shown that uh, without any instruction about how to solve problems, kids can actually solve lots of different kinds of problems and come up with this wide range of strategies that um, that naturally develop and become quite sophisticated without being shown what to do. So um, given stories or a context that kids can relate to their experiences or that they can recognize from the world, they, they can figure a lot of stuff out. Um, but like you said, that hasn't typically been the way that schools have tried to to teach math it's sort of been the the teacher has been in charge and the teacher assumes kids don't know how to do different things in mathematics but it turns out kids ideas uh, are really really powerful and we can actually design a lot of what math learning in school looks like that's grounded in these fundamental principles about how kids think about math and how their understandings develop yeah, and I I mean, not just teachers, I think everybody was trained and taught math in this sort of old school way. So even I would imagine as parents, we all, I know it, I my 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 children actually go to a school where they're attempting to utilize CGI um principles in the math. And I have no idea how to support them <laughs> because I didn't learn math that way. So there's so many levels to shift here. Yeah, well, right, because I think we as adults are products of of our upbringing and the systems that we were a part of, and um, we weren't we weren't sort of trained to recognize kids' ideas or to know what to look for, or to listen for, what to expect. Uh, so, a lot of the work that that I am a part of tries to support teachers to think about what those things are, or sometimes parents to think about what those those are or teacher educators even to think about what kids are are likely to do if you let them rely on their intuition so we have to sort of unlearn sometimes like what we think math is uh, and to to reimagine it as as children's mathematics yeah so my next question is actually a request can you take a minute to describe sort of an example of how your what work what impact your work has had on the community so one of the things i'm really excited about right now is uh an initiative that we have with the the california math project so um so california has different subject matter projects that that have sites across the state uh, and uh, i'm the director of the san diego math project so we are one of 19 regional sites of the california math project and our sites um, provide professional development, networking, and leadership opportunities throughout the region to, um, to support the learning and the teaching of, of math in schools. With the expansion of preschool and transitional kindergarten in schools, there's a huge need to think about um, how, do we, how do we support math learning in, for really young kids? Uh, and how can we do it in ways that are developmentally appropriate and maintain sort of 
the emphasis and the importance of social emotional learning and really capitalize on what preschool teachers are already so so good at it, noticing kids' strengths and really sort of supporting the the development of a of a whole person, a whole a whole young person. But as the California Mathematics Project, our focus has typically been in K-12 schools. So um, I'm really excited that that with some of my colleagues, Angela Tarot and Karen Racinos at UCLA um, and Susan Ibrahim, uh, we're heading an initiative within the math project to focus on um, early math, early math learning across across the state, so that each of our regional sites can support the the schools and the districts that they work with around some some core ideas that are consistent with what we know about the development of of children's thinking and the power of their intuition. So, things about how kids learn to count, things about how kids naturally are developing like spatial awareness and spatial relations through their everyday activities. Um, ways that kids are just naturally curious about the world like how to capitalize on those things how to how to recognize the um sort of the mathematical power of a lot of what kids naturally do and and to call attention to it and to to think about um, how to follow up on kids ideas that's that's something that the statewide projects have been doing for years and years and years in k-12 um, but our our group is really um we're really sort of moving the the statewide projects um, forward in in this preschool and transitional kindergarten area. That is so exciting, and um, yes, with this really large expansion in California of of sort of early childhood, more formal early childhood education in the school district settings, that's um, sounds like it's incredibly important to be providing that structure to be thinking about learning and early early math learning and not just sort of the k-12 math learning there's something i was thinking as you were talking about um some of the materials that you sent me to read and and one thing you just said about social emotional learning that i think is so interesting and important especially in early childhood is this idea that um that uh, math can promote social emotional learning and social emotional learning can promote math learning. You know, that, that, that wouldn't necessarily seem um, to be obvious potentially to many people. And yet a lot of the work that you do and what you've written about is this idea that what, what kids are doing and the way they're interacting with each other can promote math learning and that the learning about math can promote self-esteem and and um confidence and competence in different yeah. sort of personal interpersonal skills yeah so i've been thinking about this just this particular thing a, a lot over the last couple of weeks um based on a, a conversation i had with a, a colleague so she was really pointing out to me how um with young kids we we see lots of things that they do as just a a natural part of being a, a young person that we don't we don't need to correct right so like my daughter's she just turned six yesterday um and she still talks about like we, yesterday we go we go to somewhere we went to like instead of saying we went to the park and we go to the park and I think as adults and and teachers most mostly we're okay with that like we just we sort of nod our heads and and we know that oh yeah there's some strange irregularities with how we conjugate that particular verb in in English and we're not so worried about it we don't necessarily we don't jump in and try to fix it right away but for some reason when it's math 
we have a hard time with that. So one of the things that we know and that we see over and over and over is that young kids, when they're learning the names of the of the numbers, that they they mix up the teen numbers. The teen numbers are weird, right? Like like 13, 14, 15, like it's not three teen. Mm-hmm. Or, and actually it's not 10, three, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they, they, they mix that stuff up a lot. Uh, but for some reason, we were much less likely to want to let that go. Um, we we feel this need to sort of fix fix kids, and it turns out that actually, once kids get into the twenties and the thirties, and the the number sequence becomes um, more regular, like the structure is is a little more transparent. Because at twenty, it's just twenty one, twenty two, and I know I can do mm-hmm. the twenties, right? Like mm-hmm. if uh, uh, it's often true, like if if a kid can get to twenty, they can get to twenty nine, because mm-hmm the pattern that's in the numbers is a lot easier to sort of hear as you're, as you're saying the numbers, that's because kids are paying attention to the patterns that they, they pay attention to, to that, to help their learning, to extend things. But oftentimes, like when kids are mixing up the teens, we feel like we have to fix it for them rather than actually letting them kind of muddle through and get into the twenties and the thirties where it becomes more regular. And then what what we actually see if you actually look at kids counting over time is that they'll they'll figure out the teens but it's not like they learn the number sequence in order it's not like you have to you have to learn like 13 14 15 before you learn 20 21 22 23 but we sort of proceed sometimes on this assumption in the kinds of opportunities that we offer kids like if you don't know how to count count through the teens then we're going to work on that one for a long time before I help, I I give you a chance to think about some of these bigger kinds of numbers. And we see that actually in, in some cases, giving kids more than they probably know how to count leads to um, really powerful opportunities for them to, to start to make sense of some of those ideas, like the underlying structure of the number system, or, oh my gosh, I have 30 pennies. Like I, organizing 30 pennies to keep track of which ones I've counted. That's a much more complex task than trying to count, um, you know, eight, eight toy bears or something. But that complexity is actually really powerful for promoting kids learning. Um, so there's some, there's some differences sometimes in what we're kind of comfortable letting go in areas like how, how to conjugate, you know, go in the past tense um, versus some of these things in in mathematics and i think it has to do with partly what what you raised at the beginning that just socially like mathematics has this this sort of different feel to it it's i don't know it's uh it's objective in some sort of way or it exists sort of outside of humans which is not true like we humans created mathematics just like they created language um, but it sort of it often has a a different feel to it and and often for preschool and elementary teachers it, it has this sort of there's a, an intimidation that I think some people um, experience in in trying to figure out like what it would mean to to teach math. Yeah, and and um, that leads me into my next question. Um, I'm sort of building on what you just said about you know that that early childhood math teachers might or teachers might feel particularly intimidated about teaching math. What did what do you struggle with the most in studying your area? And it could be something related to to teachers or not, but I, I just, I'm, I'm curious what, what's really the hardest thing you come up against in your work? 
Yeah. So I'll say that I think oftentimes the the idea that you can learn math from kids is freeing for teachers because you don't you don't have to know it all. You just have to find out more about how that child is thinking about it. And and we can kind of learn math together um, as as adults and and children and have this this reciprocal relationship in in mathematical learning. Um, I've learned more math often from kids than I think I did in my time in school or, or learned a lot a lot different math. So I I actually see this focus on kids thinking and how kids how kids think about math as um, really, really useful for sort of disrupting this idea that that math is only for some people or that it's that it's intimidating. But to sort of sort of change directions in in what I and thinking about like what I study, um, my heart and my interests are still uh, as even though I've I've long been out of the classroom, I still just I really care about what actually happens in classrooms. And so I do I do classroom research um, and trying to understand the complexities of what is happening in classrooms as you have just so many different overlapping storylines, right, that are are sort of playing out in classrooms that that's exciting. Um, but that complexity can also be overwhelming at times. So I think part of the struggle that I have that that I enjoy working through, but part of what's complicated about that work is trying to figure out, okay, like, um, what am I going to decide to to focus in on? And what am I going to decide to pay attention to? Um, and how is that going to be helpful for us learning some some larger things about teaching and learning. Uh, so um, as a grad student, one of the projects I got to be a part of um, at UCLA uh, with Megan Frankie and Noreen Webb and uh, Angela Tarot, Marsha Ng, uh, some others, was this, this longstanding project that was trying to capture classroom interactions in math. And what our work has found is that um, when when kids are sort of talking about mathematics, that the details of that really matter. So like the details with which kids can explain all the way through how they're thinking about something or how they solved a problem or the level of detail at which they can attend and, and respond to a classmate's idea, it turns out those really matter for learning um, and that um, that's a, a useful way to try to understand some of, of what's happening in classrooms, but I, I'm sure there's more of those things, right? So part of what I'm what I'm really excited about in thinking about early childhood classrooms is, you know, how do how do those particular things play out with really young kids? I think we we know less about how to support really young kids to articulate and kind of work through and express their mathematical ideas, either through language or gesture or with manipulatives and tools um, and what are what are some of the other things that it turns out um, really matter? Because on on the surface, oftentimes classrooms can look really similar, and it's in the the nuance of these interactions where we see real differences in uh, what it actually looks like and and feels like to to be a young child in that classroom. Yeah, I can imagine having done some observational research in my. Uh, distant past and having a general sense of how challenging it is. I have a deep appreciation for what you're saying about how, you know, that you're talking about nuances 
that um, can be really, really hard to measure and really hard to quantify and really hard to summarize and describe. And that there's so many potential potential things out there to capture that could be really important for learning. That sounds daunting and also exciting. Okay, let me ask my last question. Um, and this kind of comes out of my background as a clinical psychologist. Like we often ask clients, you know, if I could wave a magic wand and have things be the way you want them to be, what would it look like? So if I could wave a magic wand and make schooling better, from your perspective, what would that look like? Yeah. So um I think it's it's really interesting to think about what it what it would mean if it was taken for granted that kids know a lot about math as soon as they step into schools um, as early as when they're you know three and four years old in preschool or or kindergarten and we use that as the the basis for um for what mathematics is in school and who gets to be successful so I think in in if we could move in that direction where math in schools driven by what's natural to kids, their intuition, their reasoning, and math is about, well, what are you thinking about? Not necessarily just about what the teacher is thinking about. Not only would school math be much more enjoyable for young people um, and not sort of be this, this place where oftentimes uh, people don't feel like their ideas matter, um, but also kids would learn more. Like we, we just have a lot of evidence that kids learn more math um, when their ideas are taken seriously and and they're the foundation for what we do. And I think more broadly, like that's a that's a really different feel for what school is about. If school is a place where you get asked about your ideas, where not just children are learning from the teacher, but the teacher is learning from children and like classrooms are actually about authentic dialogue and we're talking about ideas, classrooms would feel like more democratic kinds of spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I, I don't I don't think that's like the answer <laughs> to, to schools, but I'm I'm really excited by what it what it would mean if it was if it was taken for granted that kids showed up knowing a, a lot of math because they do. Uh, <laughs> and and I think once teachers are supported to become aware of that and have some tools to elicit and respond to kids' ideas, um, we see we see big changes in and both how kids feel about math, how teachers feel about teaching mathematics, and they learn how to learn from from one another. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful idea to strive for, sort of where it's it's taken for granted and that kids are have a lot of knowledge about math. And then the 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 work is in what do you do with that rather than trying to get get to that place where that's that is um the belief, the core belief that teachers have. Well, really amazing work that you're doing, Nick. So impactful, especially with the increase in focus on early childhood education. And uh, I am so glad, especially, even as, especially as a parent, that you and your colleagues are out there doing this work and and hopefully helping this next generation of kids be more um, more flexible, creative thinkers that are better at communicating their ideas than than many of us are thanks rachel thanks for having me on 